passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Oh my god, and he gets struck a referee. And Owens and Zane aren't stopping. Uh, yeah, you no know, limits to what these no, two horses out of control. Right. Come Sammy on. and Kevin are crossing a line, putting their hands on officials. I agree right with that. They didn't cross the line, right putting their hands on the commissioner of this show. Put the chair down. Put the chair down. No. 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 Kevin, no. 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 Get him up! Oh. 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 Oh, yeah. Come on! Come here! Come here! As if they don't have too much on their plates, the Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Wade. Talk about the things they did that day. They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H. Rewind to SmackDown. 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 Welcome, everybody. It's a review of SmackDown on this Tuesday night. I'm joined by Waiting for the next, I don't know, however many hours it takes. We're going to dive through SmackDown, some 205 Live. Maybe even a surprise review. How are you doing, Way? Pretty well. Not bad. How was your Tuesday? How was your final day as a 33-year-old individual? You're going to celebrate your birthday on this recording in 25 minutes. I'm so excited. No. You're going to become a new man. Yeah, I wonder what uh, what match I'll be talking about. This, oh, man. This we we could have taken bets. I'm sure this is how you envisioned you turning 34, what it would be like. Yeah. Talking to me, and you're going to be chatting about, I don't know, Charlotte staring down Asuka. Why not? Why not? That's how everybody should celebrate their birthday. Um, I guess my last day of, of being 33 was uh, busy and um, nice. Yeah, it was good. You, hu- you, you hung out with me a bit? Yes, I did. Yes, you and, you and your wife. We... Uh, we saw an accountant. Yes. That was exactly fun. because I, I heard from uh people around you that was like, What should I what should I do with Way for his birthday? Well he'd love to go visit an accountant. So mm-hmm. I made it happen today. Yeah, it was uh fun. And it, oh, was, it was tons of fun. Yeah, it was my a head blast. was spinning by the end of it. Yeah, I mean um I guess uh you nor I are business people um but also for yourself (laughs) i think we should have this guy on the podcast i had trouble remembering the dude's phone number okay you really struggled 
and he was spitting out all these numbers. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what, what is going on? He gave he gave his phone number, and Way's typing it down, and then he asked him to repeat it. And I'm looking at what Way has typed, and it is nowhere close to what this guy's phone number was. Yeah, uh, that was probably the most basic, uh, so, yeah, number interaction Some, that you had to take in. Sometimes I suffer from dyslexia when it comes to numbers. Is that still dys- dyslexia, by the way? Um, no, I think it's uh. Well, I, I guess I guess it would be a symptom of it, wouldn't would it not? I don't know. I'm not sure. But thankfully, your wife was there, and and boy, she held it together. She was uh. Th- th- it was more her element. Yeah, than ours. I think I think we can we can both shine a light on our weakness. She is a very impressive woman, I have to say. I know. I'm aware. Yeah. So, uh, did you do anything afterwards? Yes, I did. I had dinner. I had a beer. It was nice. nice. And then I watched SmackDown. Were you looking forward to SmackDown tonight? Um, at this point, yeah. Well, I'll say, like, uh, you know, all the follow-up from Fastlane. Somewhat, yeah, sure. SmackDown still continues. You know what? I, I can't even say that, though. In the past, I would have said SmackDown was, is, it would be the easier viewing. These past few weeks, I don't know if I could say that because um, the Mixed Match Challenge was is there. Although I didn't get a chance to watch it tonight. I apologize there, in advance. There are five people that are very let down. Yeah. You didn't see the Mixed Match Challenge. Your streak ended. You were eliminated tonight. Yes, yes, yes. I lost in, in the semifinals, whatever. And and of course uh, the 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 two hundred five two hundred five live has been tremendous. So it's it's actually been a lot more content than usual. And in fact, it's content that you can't skip through. Unlike Raw, which has commercials, like per hour, it almost feels like there's more on Tuesdays now than Mondays. It's probably comparable when you consider you're watching an extra 45 to 50 minutes of commercial-free 205 Live. And you you watch the Mixed Match Challenge, which, again, that's even more. So it's I don't a think lot I'd, for you on Tuesday night. Yeah, I don't think I missed much. I read the, 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 the uh, results. Well, I knew that you might not be able to watch the Mixed Match Challenge. So I figured I had to pick up the slack a little. Oh, awesome. So... No, I didn't watch the Mixed oh. Match Challenge. What I did watch, though, was Ronda Rousey appearing on Ellen DeGeneres on Tuesday. Oh, yes, I'd love to hear about that. Do you want to start off with this, or do you want to go right in the SmackDown? Uh, well, first, do you do you, do we have anything to come on this website and podcast network? Oh, great. Yeah, there's tons coming up, Way. <laughs> <laughs> we have got our whole... Set of shows lined up for this week. You're listening to us now on Rewind to SmackDown. We're going to be back uh, later this week with our Patreon bonus show on Friday. And Way has decided that we are going to review the Netflix documentary Icarus. The Oscar-winning movie for Best Documentary. Which I rewatched today. Wow. Cool. I'll be watching it for the first time tomorrow. That's what I'm doing. Well, well, get ready. Yeah. It's a pretty it's a pretty heavy documentary. But before that, on Thursday mm-hmm. at postwrestling.com and on iTunes, if you search for Keep It Two Thousand, our favorite exper- exper- experimentalist, Brian sure. and Nate Milton will be reviewing the June twenty sixth edition of Monday Nitro. 
So that should be a lot of fun. Featuring the debut of Lance Storm on WCW programming. Did you know that by heart, or did you know what what they were reviewing? Uh, Brian posted up a, a screenshot of it on Tuesday oh. that I saw. Okay. So you, you, when everything when everything was crumbling down, Lance Storm saw an opening and said, "Hey, I'm here, guys. I'm here to save it." And to be quite honest, when you go back to the summer of 2000, there were a few bright spots on WCW. Lance Storm was one of them. One of them with his. The great streak they put him on, winning all those titles, leading up to a unsuccessful challenge of Booker T's title. He got a shout out on Fastlane Sunday. That's right. Well, his first name did, yes. Mm-hmm. Unless they were trying to imply that maybe Natalia's friends with uh, Lance Von Eric or Lance Bass could have been Lance Bass as well. Many Lances. So that's coming up on Thursday. And then Sunday, it's the return of the round table. What? It's going to. Well, we're going to be pulling up two chairs to the round table this time, as we will be chatting with Bartender Dave and Braden Harrington on Sunday. Whoa, seriously? Yes. Did I not wow. tell you this? Yes, it's the square table. I didn't know this. Wow, okay. Uh, why? Because we want to chat with them. That's why. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Braden, Braden got a new job. <laughs> we should let him reveal. Oh, that okay, 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 okay. There's, yes. there's the teaser. It's perfect. If you give it any, any thought. Uh, so that is coming up this week up at postwrestling.com. And for God's sakes, folks, go leave us a nice review on iTunes. It's, it's apparently very helpful. Go leave us a tremendous review because let's be honest, we're killing it. <laughs> we're doing a wonderful unbelievable job yeah we have blown away expectations i mean if what we were doing a year ago was a nine out of ten we're doing a 20 now every week uh bischoff said yeah never mind you you just well sorry sorry please please finish it wasn't even a good joke so i was trying to just weasel my way out. well do do me a favor everybody if you're gonna wish me a happy birthday don't do it on twitter do it via an itunes five-star review how about that if you're a real fan of Way, you'll wish him a happy birthday on Patreon. <laughs> Let's stop. Uh, I feel like we're blackmailing people. No, no. We're just nudging them. That's all. Uh, so there you go, folks. Uh, support the cause. iTunes, postwrestlingcafe.com, or even postwrestling.com. Anything else, Way, to, uh, to mention that is going on? I, uh, some news and notes going on. Uh, we talked yesterday about... I, I don't even know if it's even worth mentioning this because the WWE doesn't seem to have really much care in the world about their advertising. But for what it is worth, as of an hour ago, they are now advertising Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey for the next three episodes of Raw leading into WrestleMania, which has changed overnight. Interesting. However, however, I don't take the website as gospel, as everyone who saw that article about Ronda Rousey last week uh, can now see, as we explained on Raw that that wasn't exactly uh, all ends of the company aware of the plans. So hmm. so somebody on the web team jumped the gun or, or did something that they weren't supposed to do or maybe something. As it was described to me, it was that the, the, the article did not get the final approval. And then it just went up there and Ronda was never going to be at Raw on Monday night. So Okay, but despite all that, they have gone back and said that, hey, this time it's real. Well, 
I mean, I would not take this advertising as gospel is all I would say. I think that this this past uh, month has sh- shown us that these advertisements are simply um, hints at what you may or may not see. I have no idea who will be there next Monday. At this point, though, I mean, we, we saw an ad for Raw on this edition of SmackDown that not only advertised the ultimate deletion, but advertised the guarantee. The guarantee. The guarantee. It's going to show up. Of Brock Lesnar being there. Like, I think it's a stupid promotion because I don't think any fans uh, – it's it's like the boy who cried wolf. That's what it is now. I mean, he very well will likely be there on Monday, but I don't think it's really an effective – you're trying to now advertise this and promote this to people who are going – who have been now burned twice. Like, why would they believe that he's going to mm-hmm. be there on Monday? It's kind of ineffective. That's what false advertising gets you, well, whether we- it's a storyline or not. We were talking about last night if if perhaps they're they're risking too much and and if the audience is going to start turning on them. I feel like this week they could they got away with it, but next week there's no way they can't deliver Brock Lesnar. I think at that point it ceases to you know let the audience dislike Brock Lesnar and they're going to start seeing through it and just instead placing the blame on the company. So. I think it's already there. That's why I feel you need him there to get the heat on Brock. Because this is a situation, much like when you watch some awful angle on a WWE show, you're not upset at the performers. The heat is on the company for, some, for putting on something awful. And that's where I feel this is, where it's just resentment for the company if you bought a ticket on Monday. So I think it's very much needed now to have Brock on the show and transfer that heat to him where he cuts the promo on the fans or he uh, gets into the role that they want him to be in. Because if the idea is that the fans are upset that this guy's not showing up, I don't think that that is quite exactly how it's playing out. Hmm. Yeah, we shall see. So there you go. So what happened on Uh, Ellen? Ellen on Tuesday featured Ronda Rousey returning. Ellen is one of the few media outlets that, uh, that Rhonda goes out and, and appears on. And Ellen last had her on um, after, I think it was after the Holly Holm loss. I think it might have been her first interview after that Holly Holm loss that she showed up. Are you sure it wasn't after the, the Nunez loss? I'm, I'm pretty sure she, she, she didn't talk about being suicidal until after that, right? I thought that was after the home fight. Oh, okay. You because could, that you, was after her first loss. No, you would know better than me. That's my recollection of it. Okay. But regardless, so she comes back here, and Ellen was always a big Ronda Rousey fan, but without saying it, Ellen like doesn't understand what she's doing now. Like she's suddenly a pro wrestler, and Ellen said, "Like what are you doing now?" And Ronda described what she is doing now, pro wrestling. It's not fake, she said, but it's scripted. And she likes to say it's a live TV show about a wrestling tournament in which you do your own stunts. Yeah, that's that's accurate. It's kind of uh, the grand wrestling tournament that is WWE. Ellen followed up by asking, is it choreographed? And then Ellen started to dig really deep, and she asked, Based on your history as an MMA fighter, how do you not really attack someone in wrestling and slip into your old habits? (laughs) 
This was said like seriously. And Rhonda is a pro. And she said she rehearses enough to know not to go out of character. Uh, when asked about going back to the UFC, she said it was as likely as her going back to the Olympics for judo, as in probably never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And she does what she enjoys. And right now, WWE is what she enjoys. And her and Travis are trying to develop a farm so that they can eventually live off the grid. And when she was asked, are you nervous for your first match? She said, yeah, but not Olympics nervous. The worst that can happen is I look stupid. And that was Ronda Rousey's appearance. It was at the end of the show. It was about 10 minutes. And that was it. Hmm, Interesting. Well, we'll see. Not a really probing interview. We'll see if she can hold back from her uh, real fight instincts. She could slip into old habits. Yeah. Start shooting on Hunter. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you, anybody who listens to this show would laugh at a question like that. But let's not act like we haven't fielded questions like that from non-fans who, when they hear that as grown adults, we watch pro wrestling, they'll ask, oh, yeah, that's it's it's not real, right? In 2018, there's still plenty of people who who don't know really. I mean, people, quite frankly, don't don't who don't think about pro wrestling and therefore uh, don't even know the answer to whether or not it really is fake. I think it's ridiculous. I can't believe that that's any kind of a topic in 2018. I'd be stunned in 2008. I'd be stunned in 1999 uh, of where we are. Could you imagine asking that question to a to an actor? About his stunts, do you really get hurt? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, it's very silly. Uh, whatever. That's a, that's a different conversation. The point is, the thing is, I, uh, I understand what I'm watching, but I even my level of mainstream pro wrestling questions. I think there's a certain bar that the the real fake question is like, is that really still a question that is out there? Apparently, yes. I don't know. I I thought no. Um. Anyway, but this is the type of press that. The WWE hired Ronda Rousey for it's yep. to get somebody who doesn't even know if wrestling is real or fake to potentially take a chance on buying WrestleMania. So SmackDown, the the uh, scripted show about tonight's wrestling tournament, where all these men and women did their own stunts on Tuesday, took place from the Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, Indiana. And it started out with AJ Styles coming out. And he started talking about all the odds that were against him on Sunday. And he started to doubt he could win after John Cena put him through the announcer's desk. But then he brings up what parents tell their children when they fall down. Suck it up. Get back into the game. And he's going to WrestleMania. And he mentions all the odds he has overcome. He said that the odds of him coming to WWE and becoming champion were unbelievable, but not impossible. And now he's going to WrestleMania as champion, which is unbelievable, but not impossible. Note, crowds, notice how he didn't say uh, going to the main event. Well, he's going, yeah, he's going to WrestleMania, a uh, slot to be determined. Hmm. And the crowd chanted, you deserve it. And he said, I earned it, you morons. Sort of bookended the night. I that, know. That line. It, almost, it almost felt like this was... Uh, like this patterned response now to these you deserve it chants. They're going to fire back at them and say no. Maybe they want to start an you earned it chant. I don't know if that one rolls off the tongue, though. 
You have earned it. That's done. I got spread the memo. AJ Styles uh, has put together his own list, and he called Nakamura the biggest Japanese star in WWE history. Above Tajiri. Yeah. Yeah, above true. F- Funaki. Yeah. Um, was Muda Yoshi, ever? Yo- Yoshitatsu. Great <laughs> Muda was never in the WWE. Um, I mean, I would say that's an accurate statement. It probably is. It probably is. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's probably uh, there's probably a, a large amount of people that assume that Yokozuna was was Japanese during that whole time period. I guess. Um, what, what what do you call him? He was playing a Japanese star mm-hmm. in the WWE. Yeah, I wouldn't call him a Japanese star. So he mentions they had similar paths getting to the WWE. And he's fine with being called the everyman until I step into the ring because then I'm phenomenal. Nakamura comes out. He says he respects Styles. His dream is a knee to his face at WrestleMania. He's going to become champion. And then they're interrupted by Rusev and Aiden English. And uh, what, what did you feel here about the, the AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura interaction now that the, the match is locked in for WrestleMania? Well, AJ basically came out here to gloat. I felt this I liked it. Yeah, I this, thought this was good. This was like the cockiest AJ Styles has ever been in the WWE. And I think as a champion, that's a positive quality. You want somebody who can brag. The thing is though, AJ kind of speaks the truth. Like he he can gloat because in ring he backs it up and he has the respect of the audience. So I, I like it too. Nakamura like when he said need a face and I become champion, I noticed some boos. So, I mean, at least from this crowd, where were they? Indianapolis. Okay. Well, at least Indianapolis, I think as much as they want to see this match, I'm not necessarily convinced Indianapolis wants to see Nakamura defeat AJ Styles as champion. Um, Do you think that there was uh, as well a disconnect that I, I could imagine a lot of people inside the arena would not be able to understand what he was saying. Yes, sure. Like, this is the one guy, this guy needs words on the screen. Yeah, I know. His promo, I mean, listen, I give him credit for trying, but I'm not a fan of giving him that much script. And not just that, but requiring him to deliver it in a way that just, it feels awfully unnatural. You know, same goes for Asuka, which we'll talk about later. I I feel like for both of them, they kind of lose their mystique when this is all they say. Like, it makes me feel like they only know how to speak at the level of a baby rather than a fully grown person, which they can obviously do in their mother tongue. Like, can you imagine Vince McMahon producing this guy backstage, acting out what he wants from this man during a promo segment? I can. Yeah, I definitely can. And yeah, I mean, I think when you think about it that way, Nakamura and Asuka are probably doing really good jobs. They're probably doing the best that they can delivering something that is Vince McMahon's vision of how a pro wrestler should speak. But I feel like them just simply mm, being able to express themselves a little bit in their mother tongue allows you to show that these are fully formed people. Um, I would almost even prefer like, like, um, like Togi Makabe who would say a bunch of Japanese and then he would just end the whole thing by saying, fuck off. 
like <laughs> two the middle finger yeah two words in in, in english like it doesn't obviously not fuck off but like need to face and end it that way that might kind of help round the the person a little little bit better and make them seem a bit cooler if there's like a reluctance to have these guys speak japanese on tv i mean how many feuds have there been in mma that are classic feuds where one of the participants did not speak a word of english did Aldo need to deliver a big speech in English before facing Connor in that match? Did Anderson against Chael? Like, these are all rivalries that are built up with intense stare-downs, the occasional pull-apart, and just the tease of a major fight. And I think that's what you have here with Nakamura and Styles. And, you know, it's definitely not a simple solution on how to try to push, you know, uh, these Japanese stars that they have now in two of their main events. But I don't think what we're seeing is... The, the best solution. Yeah, and I and I think the uh, the foreign star needing to cut the English promo. I think people overblow that so much. And you just brought up two examples uh, of them as well. That uh, there is a way to present this guy, and we've said it ad nauseum. And if there's ever a time to do that with Shinsuke Nakamura, maybe somebody just fucking hijacks the documentary off New Japan World and just steals it verbatim. They Maybe themselves the have, to go. They themselves have like done good work, you know, telling Nakamura's story. That surfing promo I thought was like a step in the right direction to to give you a glimpse of exactly, you know, what makes this guy tick. Yeah, um, but there's a big divide between what you see on television and the digital side mm-hmm. of things that is on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Big gap. We came back from break, and now it's just AJ Styles and Rusev in a singles match, and Shinsuke Nakamura is seated at ringside. Rusev takes over in the ring. He gets a two-count off a spine buster that he went through the break. Styles ducked a head kick. He's unable to lift up Rusev and gets pressed in the air with a knee to the body and then a head kick. Comes back later with the Pele kick. Eventually lifts up Rusev to hit the Ushiguroshi. Rusev then slips out of a Styles clash where he almost thought that AJ was going to drop him and rolled to try and go for the accolade. Styles escaped that and then tried for the calf crusher with Rusev holding on to the rope, finally applies it, prompting Aiden English to run in for the DQ. And Nakamura stands up and he takes his sweet time before finally running off English and Rusev and lays both of them out, looks down at AJ and then stares at the WrestleMania sign. I thought an all right match before it came to uh, to an end. It, it was a far more subdued babyface reaction for Rusev, I'd say, here than uh, at Fastlane. He played a pretty much a straight-up heel this week. They recap the Bludgeon Brothers' attack at Fastlane, and then Dasha interviews a very solemn Big E, who is without his partners, who have been laid out from the attack. And the Bludgeon Brothers, he says, didn't just take their title shot. He hurt his team. They hurt his team. And he says that Woods and Kingston, they'll be back. And tonight he's here to represent the New Day. And Jimmy Uso walks in with his arm wrapped up. They got J2. And when they're healthy, the two teams will tear it up. But tonight, they're going to team together as the only two that have been left standing. So tonight, it's the uh, the tandem of Jimmy Uso and Big E coming together, putting their differences aside for a common enemy. Yeah, we've got a team up. Two solid styles. What? Sorry. Nope. No, I just what thought you going to say. I said two. That. I thought two solid promos from both of them. 
Yeah, like they have uh there's an it, there's a conflict, there's an issue mm-hmm. and you got very serious promos from these two. And people cared. Styles told Nakamura backstage he didn't need his help out there, but Nakamura said it looked like you did and he's going to help him every time until WrestleMania and then beat him with a knee to the face. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that idea. He's going to protect AJ to make sure that his his prize is stays healthy for WrestleMania. Jimmy Uso and Big E came out with the Bludgeon Brothers, and Big E is all serious going to the ring for his entrance. They attack the Bludgeon Brothers on the floor, and Harper is running to the side of the ring. Uso and Big E grab chairs as the Bludgeon Brothers remain on the floor. They grab their hammers, and the referee dives out of the ring. <laughs> Before he's caught in the middle of this. That was great. Mm -hmm. And they attack uh, Uso and Big E. They go to the floor, and the match starts after the break. Jimmy is landing offense on Harper. He hit this corkscrew dive off the turnbuckle, gets caught with a big boot, and then Big E is tossed into the steps by Eric Rowan. There's a reverse avalanche to Jimmy Uso, and they follow with the assisted powerbomb, and they pin Uso in two minutes and 34 seconds. Just a big... Uh, big win for the Bludgeon Brothers running through these guys, and Big E is then run into the barricade, and Rowan steamrolls over him. So, just booking the Bludgeon Brothers as monsters. I really like it so far. I think Harper and, and Rowan are just awesome. They're just so great at playing these monsters. This is by far the most dominant and serious they've looked so far in their entire WWE careers. They're not being jobbed out. Like, they are serious and they are they're the Braun Strowmans of this show I really like the story so far it's so simple two fan favorite teams go through a year-long rivalry they can't get along and until they meet a bigger threat that requires them to put aside their differences to overcome they now that's you know now we have a match I think every performer involved in this thing is good so I have full confidence that their mania match should be good as well are you high enough on the Bludgeon Brothers to be happy with the fact that those are the two individuals you were speaking about when you turned 34? Oh, damn. Yeah, sure. Why not? I could have Happy birthday. Hey, thanks, man. From Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. Well, yeah, not, yeah, this, sure. Amazing when you look at the Wyatt family and all of the underlings have surpassed the leader now. Yeah, wow. Good point. Then there was a recap of Shane McMahon costing Owens and Zayn the title at Fastlane. And Renee interviewed Sami Zayn, and he doesn't completely blame Shane. He partially blames Kevin Owens because Sami was guilty by association because of what Owens has done to Shane McMahon. And says Owens is a funny guy, but he's a self-absorbed egomaniac, which I think was the second straight night that someone was accused of this trait after The Undertaker. and. He says he played Owens and everyone perfectly, but he paid the price and will never pay it again. So I guess he didn't exactly play it perfectly. Uh, I don't know. I was trying to make sense of this in my head that Sami Zayn felt he was a victim in all of this because of what Kevin Owens had done to Shane's father. And he was collateral damage here, even though it was after this attack that Sami Zayn aligned himself with Kevin Owens. This was very confusing to follow, but Sami felt wronged in all of this heel logic i guess yeah i guess so charlotte flair then came out 
and said that you are always a target when you're champion and knew what Asuka's intentions were when her music played on Sunday. Very perceptive. And she wants to be here when Asuka comes out. And just like that, Charlotte must have seen the run sheet. Asuka comes out and she comes here on SmackDown Live and it was her return way. She was, in fact, on SmackDown last fall ahead of the Survivor Series. Oh. So just forget about all that. Hmm. Charlotte says she has always asked what would happen if she faced Asuka, the queen versus the empress of tomorrow. And Charlotte wanted Asuka to pick her to have that challenge. She's never faced anyone like her, and Asuka's never faced anyone like her. And she's going to end Asuka's streak and cement her legacy. Asuka says she challenged Charlotte because she likes a challenge. Asuka bows to no one, and no one is ready for Asuka. And Asuka's music starts playing, and then it's cut off by Randy Orton's theme. Yeah, she's going to challenge for the streak. He is I, would lo- I would love to watch Asuka versus Randy Orton. I think that would be a great match. I think so, too. That could be fun. Uh, well, yeah. That's not happening. No. But uh, Charlotte and Asuka, I mean, I think it's a great-looking matchup. Just even visually. You know, both of their costumes are so colorful. I think the pairing of the two of them together just... It, it it is probably the best matchup that they can make right now, not involving Ronda Rousey. So, uh, again, it's very much like AJ and and Shinsuke, where the match alone speaks for itself, and everything else that they're doing on top of it. I mean, the jo- the job right now, I would say, is to first of all try to, I guess, get people on the side of, uh, you know, Asuka and and Shinsuke who aren't already on or who don't already know them, um. And this was almost a, exactly like the the opening segment with Shinsuke and AJ. Again, Asuka, I thought, did a fine job imitating a, a Western pro wrestling promo. But by the end, I felt like both her and Nakamura's performances on the show weren't necessarily met with overwhelming reaction. Instead, I felt like they were met with polite cheers because people see that they're trying and they didn't want to be rude. So, like a light applause. And, you know, uh, again, they're trying really hard. And I think part of perhaps being a Japanese wrestler in America is the challenge to try to conquer this industry using their language and using their rules. But for me, as a fan, I don't give a shit how well you can cut an English promo. I just want to see the best product that you can produce using your best skills. And cutting promos in English is neither of their best skill. So, I, you know, it's to me, that's sort of the biggest thing getting in the way of maybe me fully getting into this feud is just maybe these very forced promos. But, you know, this is how they choose to, to push to promote these two. So we come back from the break and Randy Orton's just out there now. This was like they they just tagged in and out to swap segments and. He takes over. He says he has been called many things over his career, but never a United States champion until now. He is now a prestigious Grand Slam champion, a list he actually cares about. Not like that stupid top 10 idea we had. He says Bobby Roode earned his respect at Fastlane, but now this is his title, and he's taking it to the WrestleMania kickoff. Bobby Roode comes out, congratulates Orton, but says he gets his rematch, and he's going to have that rematch at WrestleMania. This leads to Jinder Mahal coming out. He tells Rude to forget about his rematch. He's going to beat Rude tonight. 
just like he beat Randy Orton last week. So it is Bobby Roode versus Jinder Mahal. Mahal avoids the glorious DDT and immediately escapes to the floor. And we saw a number of counters and reversals in this with uh, the Coloss and the glorious DDT being blocked. Mahal then hit a spine buster. Rude got onto the apron, shoved Sunil into the post, and then as he's climbing the turnbuckle, gets crotched by Jinder, who follows and hits the Coloss, pinning Bobby Rude. And then as Jinder is celebrating, Randy sneaks up from behind him and hits the RKO, and he holds up his title over these two losers. Kind of a generic standard wrestling match, I'd say. I think four weeks out, this is probably my least favorite Mania program. And that don't inc- say. And that includes the Cruiserweights. That includes the Bar versus Braun Strowman. Um, everything else looks decent to really good. This, yeah. I take back what I said about the IC title three-way because this one... I don't know. There's just there's just nothing going on in this feud. Yeah, I'll say at least like for the for that one, you know, like that match will probably be pretty good. This one, I don't, I'm not that confident. I mean, I think you have you know some really solid guys here, but hardly anything that I'm all that excited about. Um, and I you, mean, you, you throw in two the, solid guys, two solid guys, yeah. But like you you throw in all the weird top ten stuff. Uh yeah, I don't know. They have they had three weeks. I'm with you, though. I think this ends up on the kickoff. What else? What do you think joins? I mean, the two battle royals. Um, I think you'll get at least one battle royal on there. Um, You remember in years past, they've aired one of those kickoff hours on the USA Network. So they'll want to have something like a battle royal to promote on that. So I could see at minimum one battle royal, this U.S. title match, and maybe the Cruiserweight title match. And those are your three kickoff matches. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Orton closing the segment might be might be their Dean Ambrose this year, if you remember mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Owens is seen backstage and Renee asks for his response to Sami Zayn blaming him for the loss on Sunday. He blames Shane. It's all his fault. Sammy's selfish, screwed up first. He's a liar. He's a manipulator. Fuck him. Shane is like all the McMahons. They need the spotlight. And why did he even need to be ringside? He's going to open Sammy's eyes to the truth. And we come back, and Byron Saxton is defending Shane, saying he did not overstep his boundaries, and Graves just calls him an idiot. And then they went to a Carmella selfie promo. She is entering the Moolah Battle Royal and said, I am the modern-day Moolah, proving that Carmella is clearly not on Twitter these days. Yeah, a lot of backlash. Not the not a well timed promo. Mm. Uh, could, could you see that getting a lot more attention? I think it already has, hasn't it? But like, will it will it be blown up even more, like to the point where it hit, hits mainstream press? That's what I'm asking. Mm. I th- I, th- I think of if like especially in this climate to be getting this negative press. Um, you know, if if bigger outlets um, speak with some of these women or that have these horror stories about Moolah. Um, hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you you kind of saw the the outcry over Ultimate Warrior that was kind of in a bit of a vacuum. Mm-hmm. With this one, I don't know. I could see it being a bit bigger than that. Yeah, we'll see. You, mm, 
either way, I mean, it's hard for me to to see them actually changing this though. Mm-hmm. They've committed to this. They built the. It's trophy. very. It's very unlike WWE. It would be an admission of doing something wrong, which they're not likely to do. Naomi and Carmella was next in a singles match. Carmella just tossed her around. They're trying to play up Carmella being much more aggressive now. Naomi fought back with a Fez press and then rubbed her face into the canvas. There's these big slaps from Naomi. And then they did the deal they've done before where Naomi goes for these repeated spin kicks and Carmella ducks and ducks and ducks and then eats a knee. Carmella knocks her off balance from the middle rope and stacks her on top for a pin in 254. And these two look to be earmarked for the battle royal as are all of the women that have not been put into title matches or named Ronda and Stephanie. Yeah. Or or Sasha and Bailey. Yeah, I wonder I could see Sasha and Bailey as they time out this show being one of those matches where it's right down to the wire if they get their singles match or not. Mm, yeah. I mean, it feels like they're going to get a singles match, but you don't know until they put the whole card together and maybe they just end up putting them in the battle royal. The you thing is, know. though, if we're talking about interest, I would say that there's more interest in that match than, say, to me, this Randy Orton, Jinder Mahal, Bobby Roode match. The only thing that match has going for it is the fact that it, 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 it has a title attached to it. The women don't have a secondary title. If they did have a secondary title, you could very well imagine that it would go to Sasha versus Bailey in a match like this. So Please don't give any ideas why. Well, what I'm saying is that any... You know, it's should Sasha and Bailey not have a match simply because their bout doesn't have a title involved? Uh, no, I'm not arguing that. Yeah, um, like I'm just saying, it's just you look at all the matches that are laid out. It could be one where it's just they don't if they have to cut a match. I mean, it's not like you can just. Um, well, I, 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 I'm just saying, as characters, I think I feel like they're popular enough, and this feud seems to be it attractive enough to warrant a spot on the card more so than some of these secondary belt matches. We got the best mixed match challenge promo. First off, it was Rusev making fun of Charlotte and Bobby Roode's robes. And then we cut to Roode and Charlotte and Bobby says they're going to prove that they are better singers. And Charlotte tries to sing. Bobby is the best. Bobby number one. And it felt like this was like a joke that they had, but Bobby actually called her on her to do it. And she just Jimmy Fallon her way through this. And I thought it was very enjoyable. This was good. Yeah, I, I, this was the most uh, genuine chemistry that I saw between the two of them in any Charlotte. Of Charlotte promos. sounded like a human being here. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to her promos that do not sound like they are coming. It's like the it's like the, the Charlotte bot. Mm-hmm. So. Nonetheless, I, I like this. Final segment of the show. I, I did not feel this show dragged, but recapping it to me has dragged. Hmm. Shane McMahon came out for the final segment for his WrestleMania announcement. He is not here to apologize because Owens and Zayn have crossed the line. Going back to when Kevin Owens attacked Vince, even though his father is not the most sympathetic figure, he asks the audience, what would you feel like if it was your father that was part of this attack? And says he almost had Kevin Owens beaten at Hell in a Cell. And Zayn took that away from him. And it's driven him crazy ever since. Daniel Bryan will be returning to SmackDown Live next week. Which the fans booed because they will not be getting him tonight. Uh, as if they thought that his, he's going to make his triumphant return now. Um, he says effective immediately. He's taking an indefinite leave of absence as SmackDown commissioner. 
but he has one match to make before he leaves, and that is Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. And as he goes to leave, Kevin Owens comes out, wishes Shane the best in his future endeavors, but he doesn't have to wait until WrestleMania to beat up Sami Zayn. And Zayn comes out. He's glad Shane's leaving because he has the awful trait of listening to the fans. And then Owens and Zayn jump Shane, and Daniel Bryan was not making his return on this show, but we got an even better return way. After a long, several-month hiatus, it was the triumphant return of Shane McMahon's punches. Oh. And he, he wrestled down Sami Zayn, got into his guard, and if you... Again, going by my recommendations, you took in the Kid Rock video, this times 10 for Shane McMahon throwing these punches, which, listen, there has been no one that has been more kind to the, the, the rebound, the turn of the Shane McMahon character than me over this past year. These were the worst punches ever. These were awful. He's never gotten better at these, ever, ever, ever. But they actually hurt. They're even worse because he's just throwing wildly, but they look like shit. Um, yeah. How, like how these, does something these look, look like? These look like Jenna Maraska punches. Yeah, how does something look so bad actually hurt? Because he's really just throwing out there. Now, I don't know how much he... Uh, it, these didn't look like they really connected all that much with Zayn, but they just looked... <laughs> I don't know. I can't even describe them. Like, I just... Like, I'd almost just be like... just. Fucking clock me for the sake of this angle. They look... Anyway, they're horrendous. This guy had his first wrestling match. I think it was in 1999. He has been wrestling... He has wrestled on and off for 19 years. And well, guy can't throw a punch... A work punch to save top, his life. But on top... Uh, yeah. Anyway. We'll see if uh, Phil Nurse corners him at Mania. I don't know. I don't know if Phil Nurse wants to associate his striking with this guy. They hold up Shane in place when they finally get the advantage on him. Sammy hits a haluva kick. There's a pop-up powerbomb. And then they attack the referees as they run in. Uh, These referees tonight were on fire in terms of just getting tossed out of places, running out of the ring. They put Shane's head through the chair and run it into the post, which is the spot that evil always does, although they made this one feel important, unlike the evil spot that means jack shit in his matches. They drag him up the ramp. And what I thought they were going to do was a playoff of the night before where you saw Shane in the gorilla position with his dad. So everyone has just seen this visual. So who else would you think is back there but Vince McMahon? And I thought they were going to dump Shane's dead body in front of Vince and walk off. Hmm. But we, we cut to the back. No, Vince. No, nothing. And I think every fan was thinking of that because we just saw that 24 hours ago. That that's where Vince's post is. Yeah, but I mean, considering how Owens headbutted Vince, do you think that they're hesitant to show them together in the same room? Well, I mean, you just you introduced this last night for. Mm. I mean, I could get it if you hadn't just shown that the night before, but like everyone knows, Vince is the producer here. Yeah, but one's a storyline, and the other's a shoot. Well. When I when they cut to the back, I was assuming I would see Vince McMahon. Instead, I got Mike Bennett trying to flee the scene to get out of the shot. He was this there? guy. Go back and watch this. Wow. Mike Bennett is sitting on uh, on this uh, K 
case in the back. Like, he clearly did not know that they were shooting something. Has he been there this whole time? Uh, listen, unless unless I was just... Comp- like, it was a split second. So, mm, oh. unless it was this jacked-up dude that looked like Mike Bennett, I'm almost positive it was Mike Bennett. Um, anyway, they take him to the back, and... I think was this a metal forklift? Is that what they power bombed him on top of? That's oh, what that, I was trying- that that might have been. I don't know. It was actually hard to tell. I, it actually no, it didn't look like a forklift. It just looked. It like looked a- like a. It looked like a collapsed forklift. But anyway, it was like this metal, um, stack. Cart. Yes, stack. And Shane is power bombed on top of it. Now I know most people are going to make fun of his selling. I thought Shane sold this great. I thought this guy sold like he was dead. Uh, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Are um, people making fun of it because of the weird noise he made? I have no idea. I didn't look for anyone's reaction, but I can imagine people just, oh, 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 what's he doing? I, I thought he, I thought they left it on him long enough that this felt like a serious injury. Um, and yeah. hey, Shane is a guy that I, I thought he sold his ass off here. I thought this was a really good closing angle. Yeah. Are you familiar, familiar with the grape stomping woman? No, I'm not. But you're gonna let me know who well, that is. Well, it's like it's like a at this point a meme, grape stomping woman. Let me look this up. So she, <laughs> can I play it? Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Oh no. no! I'm gonna have to retract my my praise of Shane here. Right here, these buckets are filled with grapes. What kind of grapes? These are filled with Chamberson grapes, and the winner this Saturday who stomps the most juice will actually win an overnight stay here. <laughs> You ready? You ready to try it? Yeah, sure. Let's go. Oh, disgusting. Let's All right. Go. Give us a 30-second time. Here we go. So what's the deal here? You, there's a contest to stomp, and how are you measuring who does the best stomping? And whoever stomps the most juice wins an overnight stay, but it's not the only thing you can do. The measuring cups are down below, right? The measuring cups are down Let's below. Come. All right. And, and if, you, if you win, you get to stay. I do know this video. What else do you have going on here? Well, if great stomping's not your thing, you can come and spend the day listening to live music. take it back oh boy uh what made that clip was the lead up to it <laughs> well anyway uh that, that i mean great, listen that was a great reference way I, I obviously that 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 clip is 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 hilarious but i still feel bad for the woman you know you had to have suffered a, some serious injury to to make a noise like that and that's how i felt about shane i felt really bad for shane it was just the most awful sound Man, I mean, the guy's had quite the year. He he went down in a in a small plane. He he's jumped off a cell. Had to get ready for an AJ Styles match at WrestleMania. I mean, Jesus Christ! And now yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, I feel for him. Well, I thought it was a strong close to the show. Like clearly, I mean, I don't think we're any further ahead than we were Sunday. I think it's either a tag match or a three way, and we'll f- probably I, I who could he to- possibly tag with? Um, there's still animosity between Kevin and Sammy. They haven't really resolved what they're going through. 
I mean, the way this went off the air, you really felt it was going to be a tag team, didn't you? Not necessarily. I mean, they're teaming up together for now because they both have a you know joint hatred of Shane, but they have three weeks where they can drive a fork in, or drive a wedge between that. Well, they drove Shane into a fork. Yeah. Um, but what would you like to see? I mean, I just don't know who else you put into this story. I certainly don't think we're getting Vince, okay? Outside of Daniel Bryan, there's really, I don't know who else fits right now. Yeah, for all that television time towards Shane and Brian, you really have to question why they push so hard in that direction. Right. Well, we don't know. Maybe, like, Brian's got got some role in this. I mean, he could be the referee, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I imagine that's going to be our, our setup next week as Shane has to go recuperate for at least a week, if not two. And that was SmackDown. Uh yeah, I mean, it's kind of just putting all the pieces in place for WrestleMania. I didn't think this was uh, a dynamite show or anything like that. Um, it's kind of like we've we've got four weeks until WrestleMania, and our card's pretty much there. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a whole lot of advancement on this show. I mean, you had the big angle at the end, and that was kind of the takeaway on this show. I guess a lot of it, like some of these matches don't really need the advancement. I mean, Charlotte, Asuka... Nakamura, AJ, all that stuff's pretty much set. Like a lot of these programs, you could do the match now. Yeah. Styles and Nakamura, I don't have a whole lot of faith they're going to do a whole lot more unless they go the direction of kind of really digging into this Nakamura character of mm. and, and taking you into like a kind of a biography of this guy. Um, but that's like one show. Uh, Charlotte and Asuka felt like, God, I don't want to see any creative between those two. Mm. God, yeah. like Oscar drives a car into her or something. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, but the the, the Bludgeon Brothers, Usos, and 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 New Day ma- uh, match. I think that's shaping up really nicely. I wouldn't mind seeing another week of you know maybe the baby faces coming back, and then one by one, you know, you have maybe Xavier come back, and I don't know. There's still some to be told there. Um, we still have three episodes dedicated to getting us ready for Rude, Mahal, and Orton. That is the toughest one. Yeah, That is one I feel they could have slow burned a bit better. I mean, we're already there. Like, everyone knows this direction. And we're... Mm-hmm. There's still a lot left until... We're three and a half weeks away. It's a lot of television time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do. In the end, it just might be a kickoff match. 205 Live tonight. Uh, well, before that, let's let's talk about at least the result of the of the mixed match challenge. It was Bobby Roode and Charlotte Flair taking on Rusev and Lana, and Rusev lost second time in one night. Oh boy, duly noted. So now uh, they are also doing a fan vote, so one of the teams can get voted back in. So maybe Rusev can come back to lose again. Oh, perhaps. Do we know what the match is next week? Um, I think it's that. I think it's your team team Little Big I think is one of them. Okay, so when is the the return match then? The vote. You're you're okay. really putting me on the spot here. Oh, okay. Let's uh, look at the. Uh, why don't you go the, through? Why don't you go through two hundred five live? I'll look it up. I'm looking at these brackets now. We had. Okay, so next week Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss take on the Miz and Oscar. Okay. So Oscar and Alexa Bliss are going to face each other two nights in a row. Hmm. And then on the other bracket, 
It's Bobby Roode and Charlotte against the second chance fan vote. Winners. I see. I see. Okay. And then the finals, I guess, will be in three weeks. I guess that so. Would, that would make sense. Yeah. So. All right. Next, we have 205 Live. It started off with Akira Tozawa and Hideo Itami taking on Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik, along with Kalisto in their corner. Tozawa landed this Hurricane Rana on Metalik. Nigel felt Hideo was a step off when he was in with Lince. Tozawa then landed a missile dropkick to Dorado. Very minimal heat for this match. And Tozawa and Dorado both go down as they each went for big boots. Metalik and Itami are in, and... There was this huge overhand chop delivered to Atami. Mm-hmm. And Metalik is playing to the crowd, trying to liven them up. He then leans through the middle rope, and Lince Dorado runs at him, leaps off his back, and dives down to the floor onto Tozawa. I think he got 350 feet in the air. Not quite, but it was close. This was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, always. For- Try doing this to someone, jumping off their back and going that high. That's really tough. Okay, I'll try it next time. I'll be, that'll be our next video. Uh, Metalik then scales the top rope, jumps off, but misses, tweaking his knee, and Atami just fires off with a leg kick to the knee and hits his latest finish. It's a, a reverse spinning neck breaker, and it looks like crap. I mean, it's and- it's it's more... It's more like a like a dragon sleeper, like inverted face lock that just twists like he into. T- like, he's like you have him in a dragon sleeper, but then you like flip him over to almost like a stunner or something. It was like a the, the eat the knee that we saw. Um, who did that move? Uh, that was uh, Ty Dillinger. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, it was actually kind of that same move. No more GTS. You know oh, what that means? He hasn't been doing that for a uh, for a while now. Hey, but you know why? <laughs> he's coming back man someone and i'm sure many people have had this idea and certainly not mine but i just read one person who i mean is there a bigger pop in pro wrestling than at the all-in show bury the drug-free bear unmasking and that's punk's cameo on the show Ooh, that'd be nice just for, to have him appear. He doesn't even have to wrestle. I think him appearing, regardless of the bear. In Chicago, just as the bear. Yeah. Place would go insane. Oh, the bear. Like, like the Chicago bear. Oh, interesting. Didn't even think of that. Well, I mean, just, yeah, the, the drug-free bear. bear that they're yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that would be huge. I think him just being in the arena would probably get the biggest reaction. Like, that bear now, now that you've established it with Omega, like, what a great device now to just, anytime that you you have a surprise, they yeah. can be the bear. Yeah, they, uh, on being the the elite this week, they they did a behind the scenes of that. Oh. Yeah, or at least, like, the further, like, the backstage bits with the bear. Was there a real bear and uh, and Omega killed him? No, it was Kenny the whole time. And he was just, oh. like, kind of chilling backstage with the rest of the Bullet Club, and nobody knows it's it's Kenny. Who did Cody think was under the hood? I mean, Barry the drug-free bear. I think he's just an, an entity. They were probably surprised that he wasn't a real bear. That's the biggest so, shot. So Kenny Omega took over the body, the spirit of Barry, to get yeah. inside of that suit. He play, He was Barry the entire time. Oh, okay. I think. I don't know. Uh, also, you're, you're getting uh, Joey Ryan versus... Uh, hangman, hangman Page in a match about their penises. 
on on where where at, is this at all in that's the oh. idea or that's the that's what they're seem they seem to be building up towards a dick match um yeah 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 it's it's a little complicated it's very deep storytelling gotcha anyway uh dorado versus uh sorry this uh the lucha house party versus Atami and tazawa um it was such a fast match i i mean i really did enjoy it maybe the finish was a bit flat but i thought overall really great probably probably better than most of the matches probably all the matches on smackdown smackdown wasn't really a, a wrestling heavy show it felt like no no i thought that the the best match of the night was on this show Atami and Dorado are arguing afterwards, and Kalisto has to hold him back as uh, they're tending to Grand Metalik's injured knee, so teasing that Hideo Atami's a bit of a dick here. Then there was a feature on Roderick Strong discussing how he opened his heart to the WWE when telling his backstory, and he has an answer for every different style, and he has told himself he can do this and go to WrestleMania. Drake Maverick came out to join commentary for Jack Gallagher against Murphy Myers. And it's always the fun drinking game to see who will call him Gallagher and who will call him Gallagher. Maverick fell into the ladder. Gallagher dropped him throat first on the top rope. He's dominating Myers. And then Myers catches him on the apron and then runs at him with a baseball slide, is caught in the ring skirt. And it's just a very aggressive Jack Gallagher um, manipulating the opponent and beating him down. And then he did his wind-up headbutt and won the match in 238. Mm-hmm. So eliminating all the goofiness from Jack Gallagher. Yeah, I mean, I think in ring he's really good. I like the more serious Jack Gallagher, but it, but I have to admit that I, I kind of miss the fun aspects of that character. You know, like the ball. I like the ball. Not on this two hundred five live. No, not here. Uh, I he, thought he can go wrestle Sonata. Does he do the ball? Does the the, the Paradise Lock? Is that what that is? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, it's similar. I think uh, Drake did a great job of pushing Gallagher's new mean streak. Uh, I really like him on commentary. I didn't notice the flub where he called him Gallagher. Although he like he says he he knows him. Like he's known him for a long time. Well, uh, you know, sometimes you have friends and you don't know how they pronounce their name. Oh, boy, do I know that. Yeah, exactly. Then there was a feature on Cedric Alexander. And we got a shot here of Kota Ibushi beating him at the Cruiserweight Classic. And the story is he can't win the big one. This isn't his first opportunity to go for the Cruiserweight title. He's never won it before. And he explains how his style is different because he started out as a heavyweight and can wrestle at different angles than other guys. Drew Gulak and Mustafa Ali will take take place next week. And then we got another Ali promo in this dark hallway where... He talked about when he was younger, seeing a friend get knocked down by a bully. And Drew Gulak is that same bully when he didn't let go of the submission hold to Mark Andrews. And meanwhile, there's this guy, like this was right out of a scream, coming down the hallway behind Mustafa Ali. And you're shouting at your screen for Ali to look out for this guy. And right as he's about to jump Ali, it cuts to black. I'm not exactly sure who the guy in the back is supposed to be. The bully that everyone is always worried is a... Looking over them. Oh, it's like a metaphor. I guess so. This was a pretty deep promo for WWE programming. I watched this actually online, and uh, last week I, I, um, I, I wondered if it was Jeremy Borash who was producing these. It turns out it's it's not. Uh, No, 
It's a it's an independent wrestler out of Chicago. Yeah, I'm actually I actually had some correspondence with him. I'm trying to bring bring up his uh, uh, name here. His name is Craig Mitchell. Craig Mitchell, yeah, uh, and he he does a great job with these. I I mean I'm really glad to see more of these on uh, 205 Live. It it's like it's again it's something different. It they look cool. They make Mustafa Ali look cool. Uh, they're not selfies. And I think it really, like, it perfectly matches the tone of these Ali promos. So I look forward to seeing more of them. Um, yeah, I wonder if we're, we'll, we'll get a reveal of this masked man or this mysterious man. Maybe it was Drew Gulak. Match took place oh. in, a, in a high school hallway. Oh, maybe. The semifinals, which were the main event of the show, Roderick Strong against Cedric Alexander. Drew Gulak flew all the way here to Indianapolis to watch this backstage. I, I enjoyed this explanation by Nigel because he talked to both men earlier in the day. He's a true professional. He says that Roderick Strong believes he can kick out of the lumbar check if Alexander hits it on him. Meanwhile, Cedric Alexander was asked about the end of heartache, and he says, I don't think I can kick out of that. I better not get hit with it. So <laughs> honesty on the part of Cedric Alexander, who felt, no, nope, if, if I'm hit with that, I'm, I'm fucked. Strong was in control for most of the uh, the beginning portion of this match until Alexander sent him to the floor and hit a Topicon hero, followed with a springboard clothesline and a Michinoku driver. He goes for the lumbar check, but it was blocked. Uh, I guess Strong maybe not so confident. Nigel believes that whoever loses tonight will have this loss haunt them forever. They will never get over this loss tonight. The idea being that, like, Nigel himself brought up the fact that he, how as a wrestler, he never wrestled at WrestleMania. And the pain of knowing that you almost got a shot at wrestling at WrestleMania might be something that'll haunt you forever. There was a half Nelson into a backbreaker by Roderick, and then Alexander hit his neuralizer and the lumbar check, but Strong got his foot on the bottom rope. Strong then lifted Alexander onto his shoulders on the edge of the apron like a torture rack and then dumped him back first onto the top turnbuckle and Alexander fell to the floor as he was working over the back of Cedric Alexander. And then he delivers a superplex, again, all focused on the back, and Alexander kicks out. The crowd is chanting, this is awesome. Strong hits a flying knee and the end of heartache, and Cedric gets his foot on the bottom rope this time. They both stagger to their feet. They start trading strikes. There's a flying knee from Roderick. He goes for the end of heartache, but it's countered with an inside cradle, and Cedric pins strong at 14 minutes and 54 seconds. Very good match. Yeah, great match. Did it live up to your expectations? They were pretty high going into this. I thought it was, um, you know, I, I would have loved this to have been in a better setting, but even this crowd, there were moments where they showed life and that's all you can ask for here on 205 Live. I, I thought they had a great match. Clearly the best match on this taping. Yeah, I agree. I mean, admittedly, even for myself, I was I felt a little tired going into the start of this match. And it didn't really take, uh, you know, perhaps that neuralizer and lumbar checks for me to really get into it. But they definitely got me by the end. And and I agree, if this was a different setting, I think the the rest of the match would have been very different. So... So next week, it's Drew Gulak and Mustafa Ali. Um, yeah, I still feel they'll go with with Ali. And oh, I have, think it has to be now. Yeah. I mean, especially seeing some of those promos. And I really like it. I really like that story of, like, here are the two guys who toughed out the very 
you know, lean years of uh, 205 Live, not necessarily lean months of 205 Live during the Enzo Amore era, yet, uh, you know, came out and delivered great performances every night despite not being taken seriously. Uh, the fact that both of these guys might get a shot at performing at WrestleMania, I think is great. And it ended with Dasha interviewing Cedric. He was in tears. He said, the crowd is chanting, you deserve it. And he said, no, I earned it. And he mentions his four-year-old daughter at home that already thinks he's a champion and he's going to leave WrestleMania as one. What a promo. Great promo. Yeah, from Cedric. Man, he just like, uh, he like real tears. Just like, man, I want to see him win. But I also want to see Ali win too. So I don't know what they're going to do. You know, like, honestly, like the more I think about it, the, the thing that I, maybe I want the most from WrestleMania is these two wrestling kick off whatever in the crowd giving them like a standing ovation wouldn't that be amazing like for all the shit that these two get or anybody on 205 live gets with a shitty spot um at, at, yeah, on all these smackdowns uh but you know to, to impress that stadium crowd i think would be so nice well i, I i'll say it again that i think it'd be very sad if they're in that opening spot where the doors have just opened and you have a three quarters empty stadium because mm-hmm. I think that if Alexander and Ali were put on that takeover card, you would get everything you would want and they would tear the house down and you would get a crowd that would treat these guys. They'd have a blow away match on that takeover card. Well, how about this idea? How about they have their match after the main event? Um. Maybe they do it at Joey Janela's spring break. Oh. And they just aired a cell phone video at WrestleMania of the highlights. Sure. Yeah. They could do that too. All right. Time to go to the forum and we're going to check out your feedback tonight. I remember to put up a poll on a scale of one to 10 tonight. Smackdown, a 6.15. We start off with Sean from Toronto. Something that is becoming more concerning for me after both Raw and SmackDown is the crowd chanting what during both Asuka and Nakamura's promos. WWE really needs to find a way to fix the language barrier since that type of crowd response can be viewed as highly insensitive towards wrestlers that are being pushed in the main event. Yeah, certainly the concern with having them, probably maybe the hesitation with having them speak any Japanese is probably the fact that they feel like this crowd will just what everything. Definitely it's a concern. I mean, is is a translator such a bad thing, though, in a setting like this? I, I again, I think it's really overblown. Like I think if if Oscar was or even Nakamura was just reduced to yelling something spirited in Japanese, I don't think you would have uh, that upset of an audience. Um, mm. I, I think instead of just trying to force them to be something they're not and cut promos like everybody else, I think you look at what are the positives. These are two people. No, no person would look at Nakamura and Oscar and say these are not charismatic individuals yeah so yeah they're not cutting 10 minute english promos they don't need to be doing that we got a chauncey who says what stipulation do you think they are going to use for owens and sammy at wrestlemania i feel there's going to be something loser leaves smackdown street fight etc speaking of stipulations i also feel the tag title match is going to have some stipulation involving these hammers from the bludgeon brothers your thoughts Uh, i i hate these Ideas of just stipulations thrown on top of stuff. I don't think either match needs stipulations. We also don't know if it'll just be Owens and Sammy. I mean, it could be, but 
I, I, I can't see it just being those two, not not after tonight's angle. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I feel like stipulation, there, there, there's, there, there does seem to be a lack of stipulation so, at this WrestleMania. That's, that's an oxymoron. You cannot have a lack of stipulations. I'm fine with that. Mm. If, the, if there's no need for it, you don't just have to throw it on. All that, tells, all that tells me is you're not that interested in the match to begin with if you feel it needs to have, if this needs to be a hammer match. There's some, there's some need for it, especially the Bludgeon Brothers match. You can make, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a hammer match, but a street fight. I think there's an issue there. I think people just want to see the match. There's an issue. I don't think it needs a, it's for the tag titles on top of it. I mean, why throw weapons in there too? Because they don't just want to win the titles. They want to hurt people. They want to hurt their, these Bludgeon Brothers. Well, yeah. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, your turn. Uh, let us go here. Uh, Monday from Detroit here. I assume his name is Monday. A decent post-pay-per-view show, and after watching, I have a few Mania predictions. The New Day Usos and Bludgeon Brothers will bring back the TLC at WrestleMania. Okay, well, there goes my thought. <laughs> you can draw parallels between the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudleys. Is that the worst idea? A TLC match? Yeah. Um, I like it a lot. But, I mean, they have a TLC, TLC pay-per-view now, so you can't really do them at WrestleMania. You can do whatever you want. Um, I don't know. You're doing a ladder match the night before at TakeOver. I don't know if WrestleMania needs one. But this is in your... ladders and tables and chairs, though. Yeah. I mean, you could um, if, if, you, if you need to. You, you could do it. Um, with the superstar shakeup happening, I think Carmella cashes in her money in the bank contract on the winner of Nia and Alexa. It seems she's getting heated up with her clean win over Naomi. Also, it's no coincidence that they had the two Japanese superstars cutting promos on tonight's show because the new season of Terrace House has arrived. Way I expect reviews of the season. I've already seen the first eight episodes. Oh my god! Uh, well, I watched them before when they're airing in Japan, and uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty. You good. don't you don't sound sold on it though. Um, I think I don't think anything will top uh, Boys and Girls in the City for me. But uh, maybe, you know, this will get going uh, after the eight, eight episodes. Still still very good, though. Oh, sorry, my turn. Okay, we go to... Uh, oh, hey, by the way, I, no, um, I, I had a question after that feedback. I mean, how do you, what, do you, what do you think happens to the money in the bank after the shakeup? Because like, well, I, I just want to know what the rules are. Because let's say... Um, so can Carmella not get drafted because she has the briefcase? Sorry, what do you mean that that I'm saying after the shakeups happen, happening after the the mania, but Carmelo's briefcase doesn't expire until the next money in the bank. Oh right. Um. Well, I figure they'll probably settle that and she'll cash it in before. That's the issue. But I mean, if she's drafted, she can still. It's I mean, they've done that briefcase though. I mean that that seems to be like a one of those WWE rules that if it's convenient, they'll just have her cash it in on the other show. Mm, okay. All right, we got a kid Canada who says, "Is this year going to set a record for triple threat matches at Mania? It looks like there's a good chance we're going to see Miz versus Balor versus Rollins, the Orton Mahal rude match, Owens versus Zayn versus Shane, the Usos versus the New Day versus the Bludgeon Brothers. I guess it's possible that Owens and Zayn ultimately team up against Shane and someone else, but this seems like a lot of multi-man matches for one year of Mania, let alone two battle roles plus the mixed tag match with Ronda and Kurt." Um, I'm trying to think. 
if you go back, WrestleMania 2000 was ridiculous when it came to the, there was one singles match on that entire card and it was, uh, Stacy Carter against Terry Runnels. That was the only singles match on that card. Everything else was four ways, three ways, tag matches and battle Royals. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of all just cramming everyone onto the card, uh, with multiple person matches, but it's, these are all considered, you know, pushed characters that they have to fit onto this show. So when you're looking at how they're squeezing in all these different pushed stars onto all these multi-person matches, that's why it makes me think, like, will there be a slot for a Bailey and Sasha Banks? Hmm. Or will they feel that we put them in the Battle Royal this month and they have their singles match next month after WrestleMania? Very possible. Very possible. We go to uh, Brand. Oh, sorry, your turn. Brandon in Oshawa writes, I'm tired of the typical face fit, face versus face booking the WWE comes up with because they aren't creative enough to come up with something new. It always seems to be the two faces teaming up and, of course, something goes wrong and they don't get along or cost each other matches accidentally. It looks like this is the way they will go with Nakamura and Styles, and I don't like it. On the flip side, <clears throat> on the flip side I'm loving the tag title rivalry over the past month or so, slowly building up the Bludgeon Brothers while still having them interact with the Usos and New Day until their destruction at the pay-per-view was great, and we got something fresh tonight with two members of two different teams coming together to fight the bigger threat. It's not something we are used to seeing, and it felt fresh. Yeah, I think everyone's enjoying that, that tag mm-hmm. title feud. We got a Chris from Melbourne, Australia. So at this rate, my assumption is that the WWE is going for quantity and not quality. A staggering 10 confirmed matches and a possibly possibility of four more minimum. Raw Women's Championship, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and Cena versus Taker. My only hope is that Styles versus Nakamura gets the time worthy of a WWE Championship WrestleMania match. Uh, I took your advice and watched the Kid Rock Hall of Fame announcement on YouTube. My God, this was the best video ever. Question, is there an issue between the WWE and Cindy Lauper as she is once again overlooked for the Hall of Fame? As someone who was the involved with wrestling through both her WWE and music... Okay. Uh, involved with wrestling through both WWE and her music videos, I think she is first ballot Hall of Famer for the celebrity wing. Okay, I'm, I'm stopping there. I'm not even continuing <laughs> with that. Listen, it's it's all on the whim of Vince McMahon and and who he feels should go in. I mean, there there's no criteria for for who they uh, choose for these things. It's you know who they feel is relevant to them, and when there's a celebrity, it's you know it's it's to their own decision of who's available, who's who's going to go in, and what would they yeah. benefit from a Cindy Lauper induction? Yeah, that's what they look at. Is that is that going to get uh, as much attention as Kid Rock in their view? I, I don't know how much attention Kid Rock is bringing them either. Well, it's it's probably more than Cindy Lauper, and I would argue that somebody like a Mr. T is is still more than Cindy Lauper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, next one here. I was glad Zayn and Owens were on the same page by the end of SmackDown. It doesn't make sense for them to fight each other when they have a common goal of getting rid of Shane. What do you think of the idea of Shane getting a mystery partner for a tag match against Owens and Zayn, which ends up being someone from NXT? It could be a unique and very powerful way for a call-up of someone they have a lot of faith in, and this gets around to having a super Shane defeating both Zayn and Owens by himself. Maybe it could even be Lashley if he is on his way and goes directly to the main roster. How about Declan? 
Um, <laughs> the third generation McMahon. He's getting Got revenge it. for his grandfather. Man, after making his debut in the opening video package of WrestleMania 20. So if, yeah. if he had just been born then, that would mean he's, he's what, 14 years old now? That's old enough to wrestle. So 14, 15 years old? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Uh, it's $25 to get a, a wrestling license in the state of Louisiana. <laughs> Do they license people under 18? Um, I'm sure they could, uh, I'm sure they could get a license for him. Mm. Yeah. Maybe it'll be Declan. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know about, um, I see Lashley as someone that you would bring in post WrestleMania, mm. not at WrestleMania. Um, okay. next, uh, you're up. We got a Jay from Colorado. The fabulous Moolah Battle Royal is a joke. Not the concept, but the person they're dedicating it to. It's like they intentionally were looking for the shittiest person in the company next to the warrior to dedicate something important to. I would have much preferred it be the Sherry Martel Battle Royal. She deserves that honor. Hell, I would have taken the Santino Morella Battle Royal over this, and it would have been far more respectful to the women's revolution than idolizing the fabulous Moolah. I just don't get the WWE sometimes. Chase from New Orleans. SmackDown was finally good again this week. With more direct focus on WrestleMania programs, the show seemed to flow a lot better. Though I do worry that the two big singles title matches, Oscar versus Charlotte and Nakamura Styles, will suffer from both being face versus face with the respect angles. Do you think it will be tough to build two similar concepts without having the stories feel exactly the same? Not really. I, I don't have any issue with that. I think those two programs are fine. I'll say, though, tonight both, both those segments felt very similar. Uh, is that a problem, though? I don't think so. I think sometimes yeah. people get too caught up in similarities, and that's suddenly like a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it's 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 like a dream scenario of Charlotte and Asuka. Like, I think it's the two two of the most protected female characters that they've had on their roster for the past two years, certainly in Asuka's case, um, that it feels like a very special match. And with with AJ and, and Nakamura, I think everyone views that as like that could be that could truly be one of one of the the better WrestleMania matches ever if they get thirty minutes, which I could very well see them getting. I think that's it. Uh, he adds here. 205 Live was great as always. The tag match was fun. The crowd actually got into it at the end. The Cedric Roddy match was fantastic. Really great work by both guys. I think the wrong guy went over, but I can't be upset because Cedric deserves a spotlight for having to live through the original year and change of 205 Live. He was regularly a highlight then, so it's nice to see him getting a push now that it's a better show. And that's it. Um, oh, we have one question here. Do you think Elias will be Braun's partner at WrestleMania? I don't. Do you see that happening, Way? I, I, I wouldn't turn Elias babyface, uh, nor would I put him in a match at WrestleMania. I think he deserves a spot at WrestleMania performing. And, you know, if it's something with Kid Rock, if it's, if, even if it's a segment by himself, that is his best value at WrestleMania. And that'll make him look the best at WrestleMania. A dedicated song for a, a sold-out stadium arena. I, I think that's he should be hoping for that, not a match. He doesn't deserve that way. He earned it. <laughs> yes. All right, folks, that is going to wind down. Rewind to SmackDown. So wish waiting a happy birthday. You have 23 hours from the moment I'm stating this until his birthday expires. So a happy birthday, Waste. Thank you for spending the first 55 minutes of year 34 chatting with me about wrestling. Yeah, it's a dream. I wouldn't do anything else. All right, folks, we are going to be back. 
Keep It 2000 drops on Thursday with Brian Mann and Nate Milton. Way and I are back Friday reviewing the Icarus documentary that you can watch on Netflix as we're going to have a fun chat about drug testing in the world of sport. Uh, That is going to be out at postwrestlingcafe.com. And then Sunday, it's the return of the roundtable up on the site. So there you go. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, Good night, goodbye, and we'll speak with you later on this week.